0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, football signing day goes down one week from tomorrow. How does BYU replenish and replicate last year's outstanding defense? The coordinator, Elisa Tuwiyaki, joins us in Studio B. Does BYU hoops have a
1: bigger signature win on the horizon than the victory over Saint Mary's?
0: And it's a perfect time to rise and shout about rankings. Which of the six teams currently ranked has surprised you the most? Let's go. This.
1: Here's Spencer Linton and
0: Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What's up? Tuesday, January 29th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who's here so he doesn't get fined, Jerem Jordan.
1: It is that week, isn't it? It uh, is that Super day. Bowl week. It's March media day. Yeah. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah, if you are not familiar with this, former Seattle Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch showed up to Super Bowl Media Day and announced to all of the reporters that he was going to answer all of their questions with the same answer, which was, I'm just here so I don't get fined.
1: Yeah, compelling and rich content the <laughs> NFL Network, right?
0: Yeah. And then proceeded to do as he said he would do. His Marshawn, how's word. the weather? How was the trip down here? Boss, I'm just here so I don't get fined.
1: All about that action, boss. <laughs>
0: Can't wait to see what GEMS NFL Super Bowl Media Day provides today. Kyle Noy will be on the mic.
1: Yeah. KVN does it again. Uh, He's in the Super Bowl, third year in a row. Do you think he misses Detroit at all? Um, Like, does he ever think, oh, man.
0: I'm sure there are some people that he interacted with, made some friends. Yeah, "Yeah, but I mean,
1: like, that situation. No. No. As a football player. I mean, Would you? Probably not. I've never actually been to Detroit. But uh, from what I hear of the Lions situation, it wouldn't be ideal. Right?
0: Yes. I recently talked to uh, Scott Mitchell, former Detroit Lions quarterback. Yeah. and uh, Ed Kissel, right? He, yes. He reiterated that he's, he was happy to, to not get out be of, in Detroit. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. It paid him a lot, though. Oh, yeah. No, it set him up. You literally went Detroit for up, a few years and that up again. you make some good money. Playing football, that is. BYU defensive coordinator Eliza Tuiaki joins us in about 15 minutes. How is recruiting going as we come down to the final days before signing day? One week from tomorrow, Lauren McLean takes us between the lines and behind the scenes at the Marriott Center in 30 minutes. It used to be called the Big Mac.
1: Yeah, the Marriott uh, Activity Center back in the day, and it, it kind of looks like looks a Big like Mac. Big Mac, I like it. Why did that go away? Let's bring it back. The administration's like beep, beep,
0: beep, beep. No, and TJ Fredette, yes, the older brother of Jimmer, joins us in 40 minutes for an amazing interview. News about Team Fredette and the approaching TBT, the basketball tournament, this summer. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU women's basketball ranked relevant in the top 25 for the first time in seven years. The Cougars enter the poll. At number 25, currently on an 11-game win streak. They're 9-0 in West Coast Conference play. They travel to Southern California this week to face LMU Thursday. Tip-off set for 8 p.m. Eastern time. Despite not
1: playing last week, the men's volleyball team moves up a spot to number three in the latest ABCA coaches poll. BYU's 4-0 headed to play a pair with UC Santa Barbara this weekend.
0: BYU women's track and field moved into the top 25 at number 20. They're up 20 spots in the latest USTFCCCA poll. The men's team drops four spots to number 13.
1: So is, is that also based, is that an opinion poll or is it like gymnastics where it's based on metrics? I don't know the answer. I
0: have no idea. Is it a sports information because, director poll?
1: Because, yeah, because the men's track team won a prestigious event. The women did not, and the women move up 20. I'm just confused by how that happened. And Jimmer Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks beat, beat the Tianjin Golden Lions 135-120 today. Jimmer scored 53 points, shooting 6 of 14 from 3. Fredette also had 4 assists and 3 steals in the win.
0: Efficient. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're
2: talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU the Sports
0: Nation. The more and more we look back on it, the BYU football defense in the 2018 season was really, really good. And speaking of efficient, they delivered some efficient numbers. Total defense, 18th nationally, 324 yards a game. Scoring defense, 24th. Rushing defense, 27th. Passing defense, 29th. Yards per play, Jerem, number 16. Whoa! Do you expect BYU's defense to be as good as they were last season?
1: Probably not. It's hard to expect to be top 30 in those kind of big five, as you mentioned. And uh, you, you combine all those together, it's 22.8. BYU had been ranked uh, an average of 51st and 41st the previous two years in those five, which I think tell the story. Now, let's break down some of what BYU values, and we'll talk to BYU defense coordinator, Lysa Tuyaki coming up in the next segment. BYU values three things on defense statistically. Takeaways. Not allowing rush plays of 10-plus yards and pass plays of 20-plus. Uh, which brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
1: BYU is fifth nationally in rush plays of 10-plus yards. They give up 38 such plays. That's pretty good. You look at the pass plays of 20-plus. BYU was seventh in the country, 26 of those. Okay. Takeaways is the one where BYU needs to improve the most. Remember two years ago, Kainakua. R.B. Longy, Cy Tau, too, all the uh, – Bronson Kafuzi, Corbin Kafuzi, BYU was second in the country with 31 takeaways. 31! The, the next two years, 81st in the country, 79th in the country, 14 and 15 fewer than two years ago. So those three things, is really good in two of those three, top ten. But BYU needs to create more turnovers. You, If you create more turnovers, you give yourself a better chance to win those – uh, games that come down to seven points or less. And, in fact, last year BYU was two and four in those games. If you get one against NIU or Boise State or another one against Utah or Cal, and when, maybe you come on the high side of those and maybe that's the difference between seven, eight, or
0: nine or even ten wins. Who knows? What would define better as a BYU defense? Because each and every season is so fluid and has different moving parts because of the strength of schedule. We don't know how good all of BYU's opponents are going to be. What if they're all better than we think that they're going to be? And BYU's defensive numbers drop a little bit. Does that automatically make the BYU defense worse, or is it more of a case of BYU's schedule being tougher And playing against higher-level competition. I do
1: think that when you compare BYU to everybody else, it is a good metric to be like, where did we finish among everybody? And the fact that BYU finished top 30 in those five categories
0: is pretty awesome. Outstanding. In the
1: per-game thing.
0: No, I don't expect BYU to finish top 30 in every single category that we just brought up. That would be amazing, but I don't think that BYU should be expected to finish that high. When you open the season against Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington,
1: but they've had kind of similar schedules the last couple of years. In that you're playing power fives, you're playing them up front, you're playing a lot of tough road games. Like they, they, they're similar enough to me.
0: Okay, yeah. So you, like
1: 2016, sca- go
0: open with four power fives. Same deal. Yeah. Not all power fives are created equally. I mean we're talking about right, but the BYU's Pac-12 playing these home so they
1: should be better, right?
0: In the North and the Pac-12 favorite in the South, Utah, like BYU is supposedly playing f- the two best Pac-12 teams. But you're also playing two 5-win Power 5 teams last year. So, does that balance itself out? Yeah, one of those is USC. What do they bring to the table in Provo? I I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. I don't statistically I don't expect BYU to be better than that. I mean, if they're on par with that, then they're going to have a really good season, especially if the offense can figure some things out. And be more consistent than they were last year. Yeah. Looking forward to it. But how many days until BYU plays Utah? Uh.
2: Countdown to the youths.
1: 212. We're we're 200 plus. It's a long ways away.
0: It's right around the corner as we discussed this morning, Jerem.
1: What? (laughs) Thursday's (laughs) win against St. Mary's in the basketball was BYU's best win in a lot of metrics. Uh, Top 40, Ken Palm. Awesome, right? But also in the emotional category. Will BYU Hoops have a bigger signature win this season than the win over St. Mary's,
0: Spencer? Oh, man. It's hard because there just aren't that many opportunities left on the schedule for Let's talk about them. a notable victory. You have two games with Gonzaga.
1: Yes. One is Thursday. Big deal, right?
0: So if BYU beats Gonzaga at home on Thursday, then yeah, that would be the signature win. That's the fourth-ranked team in the country.
1: Okay, uh, explain to me this. So last week you said you would rather beat St. Mary's than Gonzaga. Do you feel differently now that that win has happened? No. So you still I would still choose Saint the St. Mary's? Marys I would
0: still choose St.
1: Mary's. But do you feel like uh, it would be more of a – that was just a personal thing? Beating Gonzaga would be a more signature win?
0: Nationally speaking? Well, without in- a doubt.
1: Internally, too. That's what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. What would resonate more? What would be the bigger win? To BYU fans. Well, it depends on Gonzaga, the BYU right? fan. It depends on the BYU fan. Where do your rivalry instincts lie? Well, well, well so
1: I, I guess I'm just trying to balance those two. Of yes, Gonzaga would be the more signature win, but I still want to beat St. Mary's more.
0: Yeah, but that's a per, you're right. That's a personal thing. Okay, that's I'm just absolutely trying to figure out an individual the preference. Yeah, from a team and nation perspective. So everybody else is that what you are saying? No. <laughs> Because the poll would suggest that thirty percent of BYU fans agreed with me, and thirty percent loses you most polls.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, it would. Be, let's talk about the other opportunities. You said two Gonzaga, USF at home.
0: USF at home is not going to be a bigger win. Is an opportunity than St. Mary's, but
1: I agree with you, it's not. And then the semifinal to me, there's only one answer to this besides Gonzaga, the semifinal in Vegas. I don't think BYU's winning the final against Gonzaga. That would be awesome. Don't get me wrong, but if BYU beat. USF or St. Mary's, in the semis in Vegas to get to Tuesday. To me, that's the the signature win of the season, as it was last year because, one, it was St. Mary's, but, two, it was also to get to the final. That's the only opportunity besides beating Gonzaga that would be bigger in my opinion.
0: There's a reason that BYU basketball fans feel entirely different this week compared to how they felt last week because they beat St. Mary's And because St. Mary's and San Francisco both lost, and now BYU finds itself in a tie for second place in the West Coast Conference. At the moment. And as we pointed out yesterday with the approaching schedules for each of the top-tier teams outside of Gonzaga, it seems that BYU has the easiest path to finish as the second-place team because of who they've already played and who they have left on the schedule.
1: Yeah, the signature win of St. Mary's from last week. And to me, if you win that semifinal— and BYU's got to be the two or three seed to be able to do that. If they're the four, they're going to match up with Gonzaga in the semis. That's a really tough matchup there. Harder than even in Spokane, right? So that's the only one to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Winning in Vegas, getting to another championship game in the West Coast Conference. That'd be, that'd be great. Sure. That'd be great. No question. Uh, I sent out a tweet yesterday that pointed out, right now, BYU, as an athletic department, has six different teams that are ranked. I'll start from the top. The highest ranking and move down. BYU Volleyball, up to number three. BYU Men's Track and Field, number 13. BYU Gymnastics, number 14. BYU Men's Golf, number 16. BYU Women's Track and Field, number 20. And now BYU Women's Basketball, number 25. I love that so many people are like, what about football? Uh, football's not in season right now. Wait, one. what? Football's always in season, in oh, my heart. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> And what about men's basketball? Okay, I get it. You want to be ranked in everything. We're saying everything but. But step back and realize that there are other things happening.
1: Is this a James Harden sidestep or is it an actual step back?
0: Well, I'm not traveling. I can tell you that. Jerem, which national ranking is the biggest surprise of the currently six-ranked teams? The
1: biggest surprise to me is women's basketball because I expect volleyball to be ranked highly. If use men's volleyball is outside of the top five, it's a down year. The standard's that high. Um, gymnastics is somewhat of a surprise that they're in the top 15. I expect them to be like in the top 30. Um, but women's hoops, 17-3, 11-game win streak, undefeated in league so far. I did not see that coming, especially after a loss against Southern Utah. This team has figured some things out, and it's really fun to watch them. Track and field is a really good program. They're consistently ranked. The men's cross-country and men's track teams right now on a roll, man. Top 10 for a long time. Women's track in the mix, awesome. Men's golf has proven to be really good the last couple of years, so surprising? Women's
0: hoops. Yes. I thought BYU women's basketball would certainly be competitive. I didn't think that they would be this good with a true freshman point guard and a lot of youth on the team. I
1: mean, Lost Cassie Broadhead, and he got better.
0: There are only two seniors on this team. The guard line that Men starts and women, by the way. are going to bring back everybody next year. So, yeah, for the women's team to be 17-3 and and rank 25th, and after the loss to Southern Utah, who, by the way, is 5-12 and now. I mean, talk about the ultimate head-scratcher. BYU loses in Cedar City. Go down to Cedar. But – It has, like, sparked this revival in the team, and now they've won 11 games in a row and are nationally ranked and projected to be in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, the ascension is the most surprising to me from BYU women's basketball. That said, BYU men's volleyball is ahead of schedule. They are better than I thought they would be after losing so much talent last year.
1: Yeah, Davide Gardini is a huge addition, uh, figuratively and literally. He's
0: 6'9". It's great. It's great to see all of these teams competing Performing well,
1: yeah, they're not just competing; they're they're winning, which is awesome. A lot you play to win the game.
0: All right, our question of the day, and I know many of you are hoping that in the near future BYU men's basketball will be in this nationally relevant conversation once again. And let us point out I'd that rankings it. are great in college basketball, but being in the NCAA tournament discussion—yes,
1: that's better—is the you could be the 40th discussion. best team in the country, but be in the tourney. Yeah.
0: Our question of the day about BYU basketball. Will BYU Hoops have a bigger signature win than the win last Thursday over St. Mary's. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response from at NateDunn02 on Twitter. Yes, Thursday against the Zags. BYU matches up against Gonzaga better than any team in the conference We always give them a run for their money. This will be the week BYU makes a bigger name for themselves.
1: Well, you're forgetting the games where BYU doesn't give them a run for their money. Like, BYU wasn't that competitive last season with Gonzaga for the most part, okay? So, yes, BYU's won some games, and it's incredible that BYU won those games. But uh, BYU got run out of the gym in the second half last year. Like, ran out of gas. At home, it wasn't a close game in the end, right? Um, I expect BYU to be competitive, but... I'm not sure in the end what the score is going to end up being.
0: BYU has lost the last four home games to Gonzaga.
1: Yeah, BYU's two and five against the Zags here, three and four up there. BYU's better against Gonzaga in Spokane than in Provo, which is really weird, right? But the fact that BYU has five wins against Gonzaga is pretty impressive. And Gonzaga has taken a leap. BYU was beating Gonzaga kind of home and home when Gonzaga wasn't this top five, top 10 team. They were a top 25 group, okay? Since the Ascension, BYU's got, uh, been able to pick the Zags off up in Spokane, one of which I saw myself. But in Provo, it's been a harder deal.
0: Yeah, lost four in a row in Provo. So can BYU fans sit back and expect this team, who's great at home, and we've talked yeah. about that yeah, a lot. great is the right word. They yeah. are great at home, but will great beat an elite Gonzaga team? Yeah, fine, this is fine for a Final Four good team. That's, there's a
1: difference between, like, Houston and... <laughs> People. And even. People. And even. Uh, this BYU is here.
0: Duke coming to Provo.
1: Yeah. This is
0: Kansas coming to Provo.
1: Coming up, BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuyaki joins us in studio. How did he think his defense performed last season and the latest on the recruiting trail?
0: And what does he like about his defense as he prepares for next season, including a look at the linebackers after Sione Takitaki departs. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Fresh off a victory over St. Mary's, prepping for number 4 Gonzaga. Check out BYU basketball with Dave Rose tonight as Coach Rose. Gonzaga transfer Jesse Wade and Garrett Fawcett joined Greg Rebell to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seat on com slash Rose Show. Join us tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can listen to BYUSN On Demand simply by downloading the podcast or watch the show at BYUSN.com. Joining us now in Studio B, the BYU defensive coordinator, friend of the program, Eli Tuyaki. E, welcome back
3: to Studio up, B. E? Thanks. Appreciate that. Friend of the program. Yeah. All right. It's been a minute. How you doing? <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Yeah, doing well. You're we're in the middle in there.
1: You're the, in the middle of recruiting too. So there's sort of multiple seasons, right? There's the actual football, you're calling plays, organizing defense. And then there's we're getting the next group of guys in here that right. could play immediately, some in a couple of years, right? So right. how's recruiting going?
3: It's it's been good. road's been good and we're coming up this is going to be the last uh, recruiting weekend and uh, I mean we're kind of just uh, finishing things off, you know, we ended up saying, signing uh, 16 kids in the early signing period and so we only got a couple of spots left, and, you know, there's a couple of kids that we're going after, just this preferred walk-ons and guys that we think are good fits for the program that, uh, you know, a lot of them are, you know, diehard BYU fans growing up that want to be here, and so we're excited about uh, bringing those kids in. How
0: do you manage the emotions of dealing with teenage kids, essentially, that you invest so much time and effort into, and then knowing that some of them will say yes and some of them will say no? How do you manage all that?
3: You know, uh, shoot, early and early on, early on in my uh, career as a young coach, um, there was there was one particularly that just that just killed me. I mean, it was just like it was it was hard. It, it just crushed me when he ended up going somewhere else. And uh, you know, I think it was then I just kind of realized, you know what, these it's not my right. It's really not my right to say what's best for them as far as where they go. And so, I think our job is to find the best fit. And if uh they think that it's the the right fit for them then you know, giddy up and let's go. But um I, I, I stopped getting that emotionally attached to kids just because I think um more of being respectful of their of their decision to just decide where they wanna go and you know, some kids it ends up working out and some kids you actually hear from later. It's like, coach, it's not what I thought it was and I actually wanna come there and so I think it's just about keeping good relationships and respecting kids' ability to make their decision for their for their future and and uh, really, um, after after it's all said and done, you want the kids that want to be there, you know. And I don't think that you ever want to try to convince a kid into coming and, you know, right at the end of it. And and he feels like you owe him something when he's there. And I mean, you want the kid that'll, that'll you know, cut his, cut his left arm for you just or run through a wall. And there's a lot of kids in the program that are like that. And I think BYU has been known for a lot of years having that type of kid. And I think that's uh, really what we need to do is just recruit that type of kid.
1: The transfer portal is new with the NCAA. Uh, players can put their names in, and you as coaches can go in there and say, "Okay, let's look at that guy." How has that perhaps changed and added to the recruiting responsibilities you guys have now?
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's added a different dynamic. It's it's uh, you know, for us, it's you know, getting into grad school here is is difficult, and so it's uh, harder for us to kind of to get a kid. And sometimes we're looking at. Um, you know whether or not that kid's gonna make as big of an impact as, as another kid and, you know I think we've all got our different uh, thoughts and ideas and philosophies about it um, but the truth is we're, we're you know we're in the job that we're in and sometimes getting a grad transfer that is going to come and make a difference might not be uh, a viable option just depending on um, getting into school and all those different things and so it's it's uh, added a different uh, dynamic to recruiting and we definitely have to you know be aware of just who's out there and who wants to come and and uh, different things but it's uh, you know I think just for BYU even even when we're not talking about grad transfers just it's a little bit different when we're recruiting kids here.
1: Is it easier to identify those guys in this way though because previously it was like the dad would call while the kid was on a mission or the mission president reaches out or something it was kind of informal right?
3: Yeah I you know it's 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 a little different. You know it's a little different and I I don't know how long it's going the NCAA is going to keep this and I know that You
1: think it might not last?
3: I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh it it's just I think it's an interesting thing that they're doing right now. I know a lot of uh, head coaches have concerns about it and I know a hmm. lot of a lot of programs have concerns. I mean, a kid that graduates and and has a decent GPA um not being able to to transfer and get somewhere else, I think is is going to be uh, end up uh, being a, a hard thing for kids that are leaving, you know. And so I just wonder if they're going to change things up. And, and uh, you know, I've heard that they might end up um, requiring a school to commit two scholarships to the kid. Wow. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of One talk. for a
1: graduate school, for, you for saying a gra-
3: For a grad, for a grad transfer. Um, you know, and so that puts a different dynamic on it too because it's, okay, are we willing to put, put two scholarships to a kid that – um, you know, potentially might come in and, and change our program. And you know some schools will and some schools won't. And so, and then, you know, some kids will decide, you know what, I, I think I'm probably just going to stay. Just, there's, a, I think there's still a lot lot to be said. I think it's just kind of a trial period for what they're going through. And and I'm sure that they're going to, there's going to be some changes with it too. So,
0: BYU defensive coordinator who is worth two scholarships, Elisa Tuiaki, with two, us in Studio B. Like
1: a 10 K wife from Johnny Lingo, a two-scholarship player.
0: Yes, yeah. no questions gotcha. asked. <laughs> We're roughly five weeks uh, removed from <coughs> a really impressive <coughs> performance Excuse in the me. famous Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, a resounding BYU win that allowed the Cougars to finish 7-6. and six. Now that you've been removed from the season for a little bit, how do you feel the season went overall?
3: I thought it was, uh, you know, just defensively. I thought there were, I mean, battles every single week. Um, a couple games that we look back at that uh, feel like, you know, as a coaching staff, we might have done things differently. Um, probably, particularly the, uh, uh, the 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 two weeks back to back, Washington to Utah State. Um, you know, knowing that Utah State was going on was on a bye that week, and we played late at night, and got back home at three in the morning, and turned around and played on Friday. Um, you know in hindsight would have changed the way that we did things just in prep because you know I think that we we just weren't fresh for that game we looked slow at, um and then you know for the for the Washington game i talked to several people about that but uh, we went in with a different game plan defensively and it was kind of just to to uh, maybe put band-aids on on things that we thought needed it you know we're I think we were missing, dying that game. We were missing several guys, and just decided that we were going to kind of change things up to protect certain people. And after we got back in the locker room, you know, I thought I would have rather lost fifty to zero, but basically do what we do and feel confident about it, than to go in and kind of feel like you're kind of tiptoeing around certain things. And it just wasn't a good feeling after that game, and then leading into the next one was even worse. And so, really, that that point in the season, I thought was. uh, it, Sticks out to me in my mind is look back and just feeling like, so it should, should have did uh, certain things certain ways, and then obviously the Utah game we had that one, um, we need one first down or one stop or a nice punt, and I think that we're we're walking away with that one and everybody's happy. But, um, and I would have felt really confident, you know, coming out of halftime thinking, okay, we need one stop, we can get it on defense, and during that time, I mean, just it was. Uh, it, it was. It just wasn't working. We weren't getting the stops, and there's just, um, you know, obviously they were making plays and we weren't. And so, I, I look back at uh, that game as well. That one kind of. I couldn't sleep for two days after that one. Mm.
1: And you have like seven kids. That's probably a contributor to the They yeah.
3: slept. I mean, they were just. <laughs> they didn't even know we played, right? That, and that's the cool thing about coming up, man. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's the cool thing about coming home. Sometimes it's just like you get these games that are emotional, just beat down, and you come back and. There was like, who'd you guys play again? I'm like, oh, we just played Utah. Oh, How did you go- win? Like, did you win? No, we lost. Right. We're like, oh, okay. Then just the conversation's <laughs> over, right? I was like, okay, all right. All right. <clears throat> Keeping things in perspective here. <laughs> yes.
1: So, so you just talked about things that you wanted to see better. Let's talk about what happened that was good because it was a really good defensive season. Your top thirty in the main five categories uh, that we outlined earlier, which is points uh, per game. Uh, yards per play, yards per game, uh, rush yards per game, pass yards per game. Those are the five that that you know kind of tell the story. I know you guys value other numbers as well, but you're top 30 in the country in all of those. Um, what? How did you feel the defense played as a whole with the whole season?
3: Yeah, as, as a whole season, I mean, you know, as coaches, a lot of times it's about making the corrections, and so we're always kind of seeing things um, sometimes, you know, in a negative view, even though we, we don't see it like that. It's kind of like, okay, what needs to be corrected? But uh, no, absolutely happy with with the way the boys played this year. You know, I thought that uh, we were stout, uh, you know, as a defense for uh, throughout the whole year, and um, thought that the boys played hard and and the coaches coached hard, and it was it was a good defensive effort on the on our side of the ball. And just you're looking at those numbers and saying, I'm uh, yeah, definitely happy with the way that they played. You know, always room for improvement, but uh, yeah, but. Uh, it, was was happy about that.
1: I know you value uh, passes of twenty plus, rushes of uh, ten plus, uh, top ten in both of those. So that was a big deal as well. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, that's good. I mean, you were telling me about those stats before the show started, and and uh, that's good. I, it's I've, great, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Better. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good. Let's call it what it is.
3: <laughs> you know, we've, with the bowl game and then the little break, then going right into recruiting, haven't really had time to sit down together. And
1: That's what do. we're here for.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: you did a good job.
3: <laughs> all right. Appreciate Tom, give it. give this
1: Thank man you. a rest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, who now needs a raise and is worth two scholarships.
3: Is it two scholarships? Ten cows. Okay. Ten, <laughs> ten cows. Okay. Ten, ten cows, cows. I'll take either. Preferably the cows, <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> Hanging out in Studio B. Uh, I think a lot of people are wondering what the linebacking core is going to bring back this year <coughs> when you lose a guy like Sione Takitaki. And he has made a splash nationally. We'll talk more about him in just a moment. But what does the linebacking core look like with Zane Anderson returning and Isaiah Kafusi, both those guys off of injuries, and then whatever else is there? How does it look?
3: I, I think that the linebacker crew looks uh, really, really good. I do. I, I uh, you know, they're they're young. There's some kids that we got in there to play pretty late, like uh, Max Tooley and and Peyton Wilgar and and uh, you know so, you know Jackson Calfusi, I think is going to be a good player too. He's done a really good job. But you know those guys spent majority of the time on scout team on the other side, and so we, you know they didn't really get very much coaching on our side. But towards the later uh, part of the season, I mean they they looked really good, and we've got. A mid-year kid that just joined us that is phenomenal in the weight room and, and uh, I mean, looks the part right now. He looks, he looks like he probably should be a senior, uh, Alex Miskella. Really excited about him and, and uh, just those guys' development during during spring is going to be huge. But getting Zane back is going to be huge, um, as well as Isaiah and their experience. But I think that those young pups uh, are going to bring a lot to the table.
1: Sione Takitaki has made a splash uh, the last couple weeks at the East-West Shrine, gets laid out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, we've been discussing, will he be drafted? If not, he's going to make it somewhere in the NFL. How pleased are you with his development? So
3: excited for him, yeah. And he's, um, you know, he ended up sitting out the year. Um, what was it? His 15, two years ago, right? Yeah, 15. Sat was, out the year, um, ended up coming back with just a, a different uh, different mindset and just a different, um, he, was, he was just, everything kind of just lined up for him. I mean, he ended up getting married during that time and his life just, just uh, lined up. You know, and and he married himself a ten cow wife as well. Um, <laughs> no question, Alyssa, yeah. <laughs> and uh, shoot, man, he was uh, he was fun to coach. I mean, you have a lot of you have you know a lot of kids through the ups and downs of the season. Shone you could Shone, you couldn't tell if it was a it was a game and if the game was on the line or if it was just practice. I mean, he played the same the whole time, hmm. and it was fun to coach him that way. And and I think that scout scouts will. See that and love that about him, and uh, I think that will you know, hope, hope that hopefully he gets a shot because I think that he'll impress a lot of people.
0: Coach, great to talk to you as always. Uh, we would love for you to sign our Sailor Coog flag before you leave, if you don't mind. And uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma.
1: Yeah, for recruiting, you know, big weekend uh, <laughs> to
0: get more sleep.
1: Are the guys going to the basketball game? I assume is that on the agenda? They typically do. The yeah. LWU game. On
3: yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there you we'll go. see you guys there. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks. thanks so much. Appreciate, appreciate it, the time. Appreciate it.
0: Elisa Tuiaki in Studio B and making things official with his signature on the flag. Coming up, remember Team Fredette, that was fun. They're back this July.
1: TJ Fredette joins us to discuss the pseudo BYU Pro Hoopster squad in its new regional location.
0: Have you ever been inside the locker rooms at the Marriott Center? Lauren McLean has, and she's got your VIP pass next in Between the Lines. This is BYU Sports Nation. Wednesday, February
1: 6th, join us for a special two hour edition of BYU Sports Nation on football signing day. Talk with Kalani Sitaki and many others about the newest Cougars. It's next Wednesday, 12 to 2
0: Eastern Time. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, on a Tuesday with another look at today's headlines. Starting with BYU women's basketball, ranked in the top 25 for the first time in seven years. The Cougars enter the poll at number 25, currently on an 11-game win streak, 9-0 in West Coast Conference play. They travel to Southern California to take on LMU and Pepperdine this week. First, the Lions on Thursday tip-off set for 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. We
1: should mention that's in the AP poll. In the coaches poll, BYU finished 2014 after the Sweet 16-year ranked 18th. So, AP in season specifically. Despite not playing last week, the men's volleyball team moves up a spot to number three in the latest AVCA coaches poll. BYU 4-0 heading to play a pair with UC Santa Barbara this weekend.
0: BYU women's track and field. Into the top 25 at number 20. That's a jump of 20 spots in the latest USTF CCCA poll. The men's team dropped four spots to number 13.
1: And Jimmer Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks beat the Tianjin Golden Lions 135-20. Defense optional. Jimmer scored 53. uh, Made six of 14 threes. Had four assists, three
0: steals as well. Jimmer doing what Jimmer does. Now we go... To BYU women's basketball once again. They're 8 and 1 at home this season, only lost to Cal, another team that's projected in the NCAA tournament. The men's team, 10 1, most recently knocking off St. Mary's, and it was wonderful. So, just maybe the Marriott Center Magic is returning Where's to us Discover this and more. Let's bring in the secret or secrets behind the Marriott Center Magic, Lauren McLean.
1: Do we want to reveal them? That's the question. Because uh, like, the know. secret's not secret when you tell it.
4: But we want to tell everything to our fans. As much as possible, right? You'll remember last season before the football year began that we give you a behind-the-scenes, all-access look of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But now that hoops is dominating the headline, we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the 48-year-old home of BYU basketball. So let's go between the lines.
2: BYU Sports Nation presents Between the
4: Lines. Welcome to the Marriott Center, the home of BYU basketball and so much more. We're going to take you on a tour through this iconic venue and possibly to some places you've never been before. Let's go! Okay, okay, we're going to go down to floor floor one, which is where the arena is. We are mid-court of the Marriott Center, a place that has housed the likes of Danny Ainge, Teresa Hampson, Aaron Thorne, and Jimmer Fredette. You may have wondered who all these important looking people are that are sitting courtside on this row. You have your media members, radio TV personality, your video replay guys right here, your announcer, your scorekeeper, Really, all the people that want to make sure that you are having the best game day possible. After some recent renovations, the arena now seats up to 19,000 people. And it's the largest basketball arena in the West Coast Conference. When the Marriott Center opened in 1971, 48 years ago, it was the largest basketball arena in the country, including NBA venues. Even now, it seats more than the Vivint Smart Home Arena, the home of the Utah Jazz. If you're a big BYU basketball fan, I know you're going to recognize this tunnel. This is where the team gathers right before game time to get hyped before they run out to greet their loyal fans. A few years ago when BYU did some renovations to the Marriott Center, one of the biggest additions were these video boards. They are 24 feet wide by 18 feet high and face in all four directions. The smaller boards are about 13 feet wide and seven and a half feet high. This is the press room. So during the post game, this is where Dave Rose, Jeff Judkins, and some of their players, whether they win or lose, will come in and speak to the media. This is their seats. Any questions? These are the stairs that lead to the Marriott Center Annex. That's where the players run up to practice. It also has the offices for Jeff Judkins and Dave Rose and all of the other basketball faculty. When the players are done practicing, they run back down these stairs and into their locker room. Check out the sign, guys. Players and coaches only beyond this point. (laughs) Let's go. The Women have a game tonight, so we can't go in their locker room. But luckily the men are out of town, so we're crashing their digs for the day. Have a look around this place. The locker room even has its own hot tub, you guys! Come on! As you know, there's some rich tradition here in the Marriott Center. And there's been a lot of really good basketball played. Here's to hoping for many more years of success for these programs. And speaking of basketball, next week on Between the Lines, we are going to go vlogging with Juddy, not jogging or yagging. It's a soft with a, J, I with a soft J yeah. vlogging with the help of Shaylee Gonzalez and Paisley Johnson from the women's basketball team so follow us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL using the hashtag btl and on Instagram at between the lines have you guys been in the locker room
1: I've, I've been in the men's locker room but it's been a minute yeah
4: did it look like that because that was no no that's it's that's incredible nice. yeah it' I, is nice I'm
1: hoping the football locker room can get the same treatment it, it could uh, it could use an upgrade and I know it's on the
0: radar so
4: listen if there's a hot tub in the locker room.
0: Yeah, you're there. I just can't get over the fact that you're going to vlog with Jeff (laughs) Judkins.
4: I know, seriously. Talk about the elephant (laughs) in the room. It's going to be phenomenal. No one's going to want to miss that. Or maybe they will. You know, I don't know.
1: Catch it on demand. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks, guys. Coming up, the men's golf team is ranked 16th around the course as we speak and updates on the way.
0: Plus, Jimmer, some of his former BOA teammates, and the basketball tournament again. How does it sound? The general manager of Team Fredette, TJ Fredette, joins us next with news on this year's tourney and Jimmer's current hoop status this is BYU Sports Nation
2: Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere
1: Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with the Cougars past and present as Greg Rebell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. I really like the show. This week's guests include Erica Burke-Jarvis from cross-country and track and former hoopster Charles Abuo. It's tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is general manager of Team Fredette in the basketball tournament, fresh off their outstanding performance in last year's bracket, TJ Fredette brother of Jimmer. TJ, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, TJ?
2: Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Man, we're really excited about the basketball tournament and the fact that it will feature eight regional sites, including three games of the tournament in the Mavericks Center, which is, uh, for Utah people, a really exciting proposition to go out and watch some good basketball. July 25th to the 27th, the news just came down this morning. What does that mean for the basketball tournament to have – Some of these games played in uh, Jimmer Fredette's old stomping grounds of sorts. It means a lot to us. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Utah, obviously, especially when Jimmer
2: was there playing. We have family there. We have so many close friends there. And just being honest, I mean, the Utah basketball fans are just some – and I mean, the whole state of Utah just are some of the most passionate basketball fans you'll ever find. So I know that our team is excited – I'm excited. The Fredette family's excited. It's just going to be a great experience. TBT's excited. We're looking forward to it. The
1: best part for Cougar fans was watching the reuniting of Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, and Charles Zabuo play on that team last year. I hadn't heard of the tournament. Um, maybe Jonathan Tavernari had mentioned it a few years before. But you get all the way to the semifinals. How did you guys feel it went?
2: We feel like it went great. I mean, to be able – it's only our second year doing it last year. And to be able to make it all the way to the Final Four, um, you know, we talked with Dan Friel and John Muger, the two guys who are the CEOs of TBT, and they were like, man, that doesn't happen very often where a team two years in makes it to the Final Four. It's so competitive now. Um, obviously, we were disappointed that we didn't win it all. The plan was to win it all. We certainly had enough talent to do it, and that was the goal. So you're always disappointed when you come up short of your goal. But overall, we can't complain. It was an amazing experience. Our team, such great guys. And, you know, we're all friends for life now. So it was an incredible experience for sure.
0: $2 million to the winning team. So this is no prize to scoff at for sure. And after watching Jimmer and Brandon and Charles, again, it was so fun for BYU fans to be back in that environment of sorts Is there any chance that there will be more BYU Cougars added to team for debt this season? There certainly is a a good chance. I'm working on that now. I would like to get as much of the
2: gang back as possible. Um, Not only because it's in Salt Lake, but just because these guys can play. I mean, they have such talent that has come out of BYU that if we can get the guys that we want, um, we'll be able to have a, a team talented enough to win the whole thing for sure. So we're working on that. Um, You know, it's still early. It's still up in the air. Guys are still in their professional seasons overseas and the D-League and stuff like that. So there's a lot to determine. But we're definitely in contact with a lot of BYU players, and we're expecting to have some good surprises.
1: Jimmer is doing uh, great things in China. He scored 53 today, which is awesome. We're used to these outrageous numbers, which is really fun. How's he doing on and off the court, in your opinion?
2: He's doing great. I mean, he's had a... Amazing experience over in China on and off the court. Um, You know, he does get homesick sometimes, and being away from the family is tough, so there's a lot of sacrifices with it. But to be able to experience the the Chinese culture and the way that the fans have embraced him, um, the success he's been able to have on the court uh, individually as well as with the team, because before he went there, Shanghai hadn't made it to the playoffs in, like, I think it was, like, 10 years or something like that. It had been a while, I think, since Yao Ming was playing. For the shark. So he's had a lot of success, um, and it's just been really fun for him. It's been a fun thing for him to be able to, to take on, and he, he's looking forward to whatever comes from here.
1: You know what helps homesickness? The exchange rate. Am I right, TJ?
2: Could you say that again?
1: You know what helps homesickness? The exchange rate.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing for sure. And he has his own so shoe he- deal,
1: right, 361?
2: Yeah, one's amazing. They have such good product. I mean, I, I'm constantly hearing back home, where can I get these shoes? Where can I get these shoes? And unfortunately, um, you know, it's tough to get um, here in America because it's on only the Chinese website. But um, 361 has been great. He's got such nice gear, and, you know, he was able to be paid well by them, and it's just been an all-around good, good deal for him.
0: TJ Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation, talking the basketball tournament, and his brother Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer's made it clear that he still has NBA ambition and that there have been discussions and that there are things still happening that aren't in the public eye that, that we don't know about. But as you watch all of this unfold and his contract year in China come to an end, where do you see Jimmer going with his basketball future?
2: Um, You know, it's so tough to say, you never know what's going to happen. There has been some NBA interest. Um, but you never know when he gets back. I mean, sometimes the team's interested and then they pick somebody up the next day that cancels that out. So it's really tough when you're dealing with the NBA. Uh, but I feel pretty confident that when he gets back at the very least, he'll have some 10 day contract opportunities. And so he'll look over those if they come in and, and weigh those options. And I think the future bright for him though. I mean, he's done so well in China. I think he's in a really good position where he could go back there and get a big contract I think there is NBA interest. He's shown, you know, what he can do. And I think there's teams that could certainly use what he provides. So I think he's going to have options, and he'll he'll talk about it with his family, weigh the options, and pick what's best for him and his family. So I, I feel good about it going forward, though.
0: When you've got a nickname and you're a national icon in the sport, things have gone well for the Gmo. Dutch yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The Lonely Master. Absolutely. <laughs> TJ, it's great to talk to you, man. And, again, we're really excited about the basketball tournament and what's to come this summer. It'll be a needed hoops break uh, from the doldrums of uh, baseball and no football. Definitely. TBT is going to be huge this year. It's going to be exciting. I appreciate you guys having me to talk about it. You got it. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, TJ. All right. Thank you, guys. The general manager of Team Fredette, TJ Fredette, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: Coming up from one Fredette to another – Jimmer Fredette goes off again.
0: Plus a live update for 16th-ranked BYU men's golf. They're on the course in Tucson, Arizona right now. Wouldn't it be nice? This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. And a shout-out to today's guests, Elisa Tuiaki and TJ Fredette. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes.
1: Uh, We had no time for Dennis Pitta, so we might as well whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's basketball. The Cougars ranked in the top 25 AP poll for the first time in seven years. BYU's 25th. BYU plays LMU Thursday at 8 Eastern. Volleyball.
0: Undefeated BYU men's volleyball up one spot in the latest ABCA coaches poll to number three. The Cougars 4 0 coming off a bye week. They travel to California for a match with UC Santa Barbara this Friday at 10 PM Eastern.
1: Track and field. The women's team moves up 20 spots.
0: In the U.S. TFC's A poll, the men's team dropped 4-13. Jimmer! Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks beat the Tianjin Golden Lions 135-120. Jimmer scored a cool 53 points, shooting 6-14 of from the three-point line. Fredette also had four assists and three steals in the win. Golf.
1: Brigham shot 100 to finish in 10th, and uh, through the first two rounds of the Arizona Invitational in Tucson, I believe the third round is today. Gymnastics
0: Moves up two spots to number 14 in the Road to Nationals rankings following their victory over Utah State on Friday. They'll face Cal, the 18th ranked team in the country, and Arizona State in a tri-meet this Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern.
2: Cougars in pro
1: hoops. Kyle Collinsworth in the Raptors 905 defeated the Westchester Knicks 106-91 in the NBA G League. Collinsworth had nine points, 11 rebounds, and four steals.
0: Sports. Following all of the recent BYU success, the Athletic Department of BYU ranked number five in the Learfield Directors' Cup in the fall standings, tying the highest fall ranking in school history. The women ranked sixth
1: themselves Holy after cow. the fall.
0: Incredible. Today's rise and shout goes to all currently ranked teams, and there are six of them on campus. Pretty impressive. That's why... It helps the Learfield Directors' Cup standings, for sure.
1: That was just from the fall, and this is this is winter. winter. Okay, yeah, well, well, no, well, good they, point, good they point. point. They say spring. We call it winter here.
0: It's winter semester because we do things differently at, BYU, at Brigham Young but University. But it's spring
1: to like everybody <laughs>
0: <does>. <laughs> Our question of the day, will BYU Hoops have a bigger signature win than the victory over St. Mary's last Thursday? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. At Sid Bauer Bank Answers on Instagram. Yes, St. Mary's isn't number two in conference. San Francisco is. If BYU beats them at home this year, it will be a bigger deal than beating St. Mary's. No. Although I am always happy to beat St. Mary's. St.
1: Mary, there's a lot of history there. Sorry. The history with San Francisco was domination. Okay? BYU no. has a
0: losing record against St. Mary's in conference. Not against San yeah. Francisco.
1: BYU had an 11-game win streak or whatever. Rivalry. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA.
0: I can't wait for vlogging with Juddy in between the lines next week. I saw an That'd assistant awesome. coach do an impersonation of Juddy. Which one? I'm not going to tell you. It's Dan? his walk. It's his Melinda? walk. It was but Dan. it is perfect. I bet it was Dan. It's amazing. For Jared, I bet it was Dan. I am Spencer. Shout out to Ambrosia Anderson. Go kooks.
1: It wasn't Melinda. It was probably Dan.